G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Morning Glories, <laughs> Matty Johns with thanks to Harley Heaven, test rider Harley Davidson at Harley Heaven, Blacktown and Tempe and Matthews on the line. G'day, Matty. Joel Sock, how are you, lads? How are you going, Matty? You know, plenty of pictures getting around yourself and the great Shaq O'Neill. How'd that go? <laughs> Mate, he was unreal. He's such a, he's such a good guy. Rare, I've rarely seen someone who's just so generous with people. Well, and what I mean generous, like, you know, like of course it's well known financially, but just giving people attention and giving, mm. like, it, it's it's incredible when you think about him because there'd be nowhere on earth he could go to and not be recognised. And he just and he can't. I mean, he can't disguise himself. And so you just think his life all the time is walking around getting mobbed. And but for him, there was just it's just no drama. You're watching on with people, and people are just flocking to him, and he's as good as gold. You know, it makes a mockery of those people. That are, oh, I'm rich and I'm famous. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you're worried about being rich and famous, give him give your money here. I'll take it. Yeah. No problem. There's a way to fix that. But no, mate, champion, great guy, funny guy, and a nice guy. Your conundrum, Socky. Oh, yeah. Throw so, Matty, I've got um, uh, bruising here, but I've got a big weekend. I can either go to the Amy Shark concert, which I've got tickets to, yep. watch the Bunnies play, or I've got a ticket to go to the Big Shack uh, with 200 people and go and listen to him talk. So I'm like, well, what, what's yep. out of those three? How would you how would you rate him after meeting him? Oh, well, it's at the shack. it'd be fun with Shack. No doubt about it. I mean, look, I'm a league man. For me, it's all... I'd be going bunnies, cowboys, but but the shit, but um, but it, mate, he, he's very he's very very entertaining, and he's not backward and coming forward and telling these stories like the, all the Melbourne Storm boys went to dinner with him last night. He was just amongst them, and I was talking to me young bloke, and he said, mate, he was just holding court, just telling stories. He said he was just fantastic. Munster and he were sitting next to each other at dinner, which they <laughs> both of their heads would have been spinning. <laughs> hey, Matty, does he tell the story about? And it's a bit of an urban myth, potentially, uh, where oh, the names eluded me. The Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder. Yeah, Stevie uh-huh. Wonder. How did you know that? Well, where well, he? Yeah. Did he go into that at all? It's the first question I asked him. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I said to John O. Brown, mate, you know, you, John O., he, he did it with me. I said, John O., you lead off. Yeah. It's always good to let a guy lead off and then you just take over the interview, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, he goes, how do you want to do this? And I said, John O., you lead off. Yeah. So John O. sort of asked a question and I said, I said, Shaq, listen, mate, you've come a long way and it's just really important I ask you this question. Tough one off the top. Uh, can you give us an update? Is Stevie Wonder really blind? And he goes, well, he goes, yep. I, I, he goes, I can't answer that. He said, all I'm saying is he, I went into an elevator and I walked in and he just went, hey, Shaq, how you doing? <laughs> and, and, and I said, well, do you consistently wear the same cologne? He said, I don't wear cologne. Oh. I said, okay. I said, did the, did the elevator just shook when you jumped in? He said, no. So I've heard other stories too yeah. about there's a Stevie Wonder story Bozza tells and probably can't tell it here because uh, yeah. it is a kid's show. But, uh, <laughs> well, he dropped the microphone once. There's vision of him dropping a microphone and then catching, catching it before he hit the floor. Wow. 
Dropped it with the right, picked it up on the left. <laughs> it's like Bobby Simpson. Yeah, I tell you what, we're talking about uh, we're talking about Matty around this time of year. You know, a lot of kids' sport going on soccer, netball, yeah, rugby league, etc. I tell you something, mate. I I do not miss those days. Oh, fair dinkum. Just driving all around, you know, yeah. taking your kids. I remember like Socky, my youngest play Cooper used to play cricket on a Saturday morning when he was real young. And mate, spending all day Saturday morning just watching Ruining these little morons just bowling <laughs> no balls and wires. What did, like, what did, what did Gallagher call them? Twelve wankers standing yeah. out in the sun all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> just standing there going, "There's got to be a better way than watching your ki- watching all these kids just bowling wides and no balls." And, well, and he had this pommy. We had this pommy coach, uh, right? And suddenly he was a huge. Oh, mate, this is this is good. And what he do? And like I haven't. Like I, I, as you know, I've said before, I don't, I, I don't have an email address or a computer. But Trisha goes, um, "Just come and take a look at this," and he'd send weekly emails to the parents, like critiquing the kids' performances. God, like oh they were seven, no. right? And he was chipping parents about, you know, bats that the kids were using. Oh. That's a cheap bat and all that. And he's going, <laughs> I said, uh, son, let's call a press conference. We're officially announcing our retirement. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, t- I tell you, um, I coached cricket one year, right? One year I coached cricket. And they were good little sides. So it had nothing to do with my coaching. Get to the grand final undefeated. And I was so proud of little fellas. And it was like under 10s or something. So I couldn't get to the game. I had to go and call the football down at uh, Wollongong that day. So... I thought what I'll do, I'll go, drop in before the game, I'll address the kids with the parents and then I'll go and then hopefully I'll get the news we've won the grand final. So I go there and I've given this Churchillian speech to every single kid, right? And they're crying and they're nervous and they're all... The, so they come out and absolutely muck the whole thing up. If I if I stay away, they probably go on and win in a, in a hand canter. But what happened was we our boys were still in the mix. There's one over to go and we need to get six runs, which on any given day they're going to do it. But the coach who I bump into at the rugby league about two weeks, he goes, I coached against you in the grand final one day. I said, oh, yeah. He said, what I did was, he said, um, you blokes needed six off the last over. He said, so I threw our worst bowler up there who couldn't even hit the pitch, and we just got six wides, we won the game. Yeah, oh. been stitched up. And, and that's exactly oh. what he did. But, Matty, we're talking about kids' sport and the various characters. You've got the, you got the dad or, or, or the mum who... Their kid is always the captain. Then you've got the, oh, yeah. the coach who, the, their kid, they might be the best player in the world. They're never the captain. All these different types of characters. And then you've got the pork chop on the sideline. It's usually oh. the person who desperately wanted to make it themselves, but for yep. whatever reason couldn't, and they carry on like a frigging pork chop. And we're going to see plenty of those Shocking. over the weekend. Shocking. It's so bad. Like, and they just... I remember I listened to Jack Gibson do a quote once, and he said about, like, you know rugby league or sports version of Hollywood parents mm-hmm. and he said that they don't realise when they force their kid up to their hero like yeah yeah go go and go and go and the, he goes that they're cutting the chances of their, of their kid being like their hero in half mm-hmm. like forcing their kids and trying to live their life through their kids yeah. uh, we oh, we um, remember the old man right Joey was playing under nines and he was playing hooker right this stint, this coach decided you know he wasn't going to make it to the halfback. He'll try to turn him into a hooker anyway. Um, so what he did, <laughs> Joe was packing down in the scrum, and the opposition coach said, "Mate, listen, when you're packing against Johns, don't worry about the ball. Just kick him as hard as you can in the shins." Mm. So Joey was coming off at half time, and he got lumps in his shins, and he said, "Mate, the guys," he said to Dad, "He's telling me to kick, you know, kick him in the shins." So anyway, the, 
second half kicks off and I hear this kerfuffle and I look over and the old man's got this bloke behind the kiosk just giving him a massive flogging. <laughs> <laughs> Gary's just giving him a flogging. So where, where does that, your dad fit on the spectrum here? He's the... <laughs> my, old, mate, my old man sock was pretty... He was pretty casual. Like, he was... Um, he just sort of like... Mate, just... He was... He certainly wasn't pushy in any way, shape or form. The only time he ever got pushy was that I went to school one day and I'd, as a young bloke, I watched an FA Cup final. I think it was Arsenal, might have been against Liverpool or Manchester United. And I came back to school. Everyone was talking about school. And I come back and I said, "Dad, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take up soccer." And he said, "Well, you can't do both. You got, you got to make a choice: rugby league or soccer." And I said, "Well, I'm going to take up soccer." And he said. Mate, you're not playing soccer. You're playing rugby league. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he he was he was good. I mean, my old man was. Um, I think I've said this to you before. He was, um, like he he was one of the youngest players ever to play for Curry Curry, which is that that town's produced the most rugby league and nationals of any town in the, in just a, uh, in Australia, probably yeah. if not the world. And um, he got moved on, and he moved to Cessnock because uh, Curry signed Johnny Raper. Uh, it's funny how things knit around but yeah. uh and i was interviewing uh who was i interviewing who was i interviewing who was it who was it it was roy masters right now i'm interviewing roy masters now before before we actually um started the interview i'm chatting away and i said roy just from a background now, now, you began at penrith he went yeah yeah he goes matty actually he said we played a trial game against um cessna and i and i said oh yeah really he goes yeah, we and i said hang on a second did you play it at the police uh, the Cessna Police Boys Club, like the field there. He goes, yes, that's exactly what it. He goes, and a brawl broke out, and it went so long, it went spilled into the grandstand. And he said, it was we actually had to pull the bus up, and the players had to run and get on the bus. And I said, mate, I said, do you remember? I said, I'm just curious. Do you remember that there was a young bloke from Cessna who got into a stink? with Mike Stevenson, and that, that was the fight that went into the grandstand. He said, yeah, so that was my old man. Oh, yes. No way. So, yes. So <laughs> that were, to grow up in that environment, mate, like, like rugby league up at Newcastle, um, huge sport, but, um, and, but particularly in the coal fields, Cessnock, Maitland, Curry Curry, and that area, they were all steel workers and, and mine workers. Mm. And, mate, it was basically, it was catch and kill. Yeah. It was it it was fearsome, and so that was um, and you know and it was sort of played similar way too in, in in juniors. It was always mate. There was always stinks breaking out. Even you're playing under 11s and things like that. It, it was it was full on. It was a relief to actually get to the NRL. It's <laughs> <laughs> quite soft. Hey, Matty, uh, Sock asked me off air. He said, "Mate, how well do you know the Johns boys?" I said, "Oh, mate, I you know I, I know them through work and you know yeah. well enough, I suppose." And and he said, "Why do you reckon they're so street smart and great storytellers?" And, and I Thanks, said, "Sock." Oh, <laughs> well, well, my guess is this, and and I could be right or wrong, but I'm fairly certain that the answer to this would be that I, I reckon you blokes are just grown up around men, you know, and your dad coaching and that, and that's what's made you so street smart and so many stories and and yeah. a way to connect with people. Is that a fair call or not? Yeah, it is. It is, Joel. And my my mum and dad had me when they were about eighteen, nineteen, and so I grew up. Just around, yeah. I grew up around like my our house. I always remember as a kid being the party house, and um, and you know I mean like when I'm, you know when when I'm 18th birthday, you know the old man's, you know the old man's 36, 
He's still yeah. a, a young man himself. And, and we used to spend, and, and there was just always footballers over at the house. Um, there was, we sit, you know, half the, half the year we'd go up to the caravan park at Port Stephens and we'd live in a caravan for six months and it was just a real community there. And I remember most nights, particularly over the Christmas holidays, is a dad and his mates would just sit around having a beer and just storytelling. <laughs> and you just sit there and just love it and you just take it all in. There was once Cessnock were playing Newtown, right, in 1981. And um, anyway, they, they got there and uh, they played on the... <sighs> They played on the Friday. They would have played the Saturday night. It was the year Newtown made the grand final. Newtown beat Cessnock 12-8. Uh, Warren Ryan was coaching Newtown. My old man was coaching Cessnock. The next day, they went to Tyrrell's Vineyard. I remember just standing there watching Tom Redonicus with all the Newtown blokes and Cessnock blokes just telling story after story yeah. after story for hours. And every time he was about to start a story, he'd look down at Joey and I and go, now listen... Don't tell your mother this, but away you go. <laughs> oh, that's just beautiful stuff. Uh, Maddie, we are launching into what, what have we got left? Uh, Socky, we've got 16 games left yeah. in the oh. season proper. It, it's quite fascinating how this may turn out, but what, what are you feeling at this stage of the year? This is, I think, this is one of the greatest seasons that I've seen. I think the standard of football has been exceptional. We have seen, as the seasons wore on, the haves and the have-nots, like the gap is, um, has opened up. But the quality of the top games is just fantastic. The, uh, the, the, the best players in the game have been playing exceptional football. And we're going to get one of the best finishes ever as well. I mean, this, this week you've got three monster games. You've got about five games that are crucially important. And then that's gonna, it's going to build to... I mean, we could be... It, it could very easily be next Friday night, the opening of the stadium... You got the Roosters up against South. Winner plays finals. Loser goes on Mad Monday. Yeah. Which would if that if that's oh, the scenario that. that plays out, that could be what that could be the biggest game just about in that rivalry's history. Certainly, it's modern history. So that that's going to be you know. And I mean, what what is what is likely to happen, boys, is that you're going to have one of the sides who. You know who are going to be maybe entrenched in the in the final. They're they're there, but the other side need to win to get there. Like, can you imagine the atmosphere that's going to be like there next next Friday night if the bunnies are there and the, and the roosters have got to win to make the finals? It is just the the atmosphere is going to be incredible. And yeah. they wouldn't be what going to the Amy Shark concert then, would you? <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I um. I, what do I think at this stage? I spoke to a bloke the other day, a leading player from leading club, and I said. I, I, you know, outside of you know the Melbournes and you know, and, and, and Penrith, who, who do you, who's the side you fear most? He said to me, you know, he said the Cowboys. He said the Cowboys. He said they worry me. He said because no one's really worked them out yet, and he said they're they're young, they're super fit, and uh, he said super talented. And he said, mate, he said in finals, if they get home finals, they're going to be really hard to beat up in Townsville, um, and so. Uh, it's got, it, you've got the you've got those young sides that have improved. You've got the the side that's flying under the radar still, which is Cronulla to a certain extent, and then you've got the powerhouse sides. So, um, going to be a great finish. Just on the Cowboys, if you actually go through their their team, many have played in big games, whether it's finals or Origins. So that's on their side. The other thing is, and I text uh, yourself, Bearshead and Boosty, this one, Matty, mm. which I which is viable. So, Socky, if Parramatta win tonight, which many will tip. Mm. If the Roosters beat Melbourne, which is possible, mm. that means that next week, Parramatta hosts Melbourne, and the winner 
would get fourth position to play Penrith. Penrith. And ironically, both Melbourne and Parramatta have beaten Penrith, Penrith. at their last yeah. start. So it, it's, yeah. it's fascinating how it's going to play out. It, it, it is. And I expect Nathan Cleary to return. Look, my gut feel is he's not going to miss a beat. Yeah. But you, you do never know. And as you said before, if one of those powerhouse teams, one of those top sides who are flying, finish, get into fourth spot and they're playing in week one and knock them over, then suddenly, you know, pa- Parramatta, uh, sorry, Penrith find themselves uh, on one side of the draw where they've got to go, you know, win, win, win to win the competition. They, they, they become, you know, nothing like the sure thing that we, we thought they were. Having said that, it is theirs. Like, I mean, they deserve very strong favouritism. Oh, 100%. There's no doubt about that. But, but as we said, it just, just final football, it spits up crazy things. Well, this is the thing, Matty. I've got a bit of a loose theory where Penrith can operate at their best all year, where other teams don't, they rise for mm. finals. And the last two years, they've been the dominant team. And I shared this yesterday with Bearshead. They've played in seven finals. And in those seven finals, Penrith... Only once have they scored more tries than their opponents. So they're winning games scoring mm. two tries. Once in seven games. So yeah. that's how hard finals are. So for yeah. me, it's it's wide open. They are far from home. But as you said, Matty, they are the deserved favourites. No doubt. And you see them, like the, the, Nathan not being there and Jerome missing yeah. football. Uh, lost Dylan Edwards for a week. What it's done, it's, got, it's allowed them to get other areas of their game in order. And so other guys have had to step up. Everything, like, you know, when, when you've got a great halfback, it covers a lot of your short... It disguises a lot of the cracks. Uh, and with taking Nathan out, you could see um, going from the Storm game into South, they addressed a, a lot of those little problems that were in their game. And so if Nathan comes back and doesn't miss a beat, then I like him a lot more than their $2.10 they're mm, offering. Okay, mm. very, very good. I'll tell you one thing I don't... I reckon rugby league could do better is the minor premiership. Like, what do they get? A hundred grand yeah, or something yeah. at the end of a full season? They yeah. get a hundred grand, and that's it. Yeah. You know, I'd like to no, see I the agree. top team make a million bucks, and even teams playing off for thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth, playing off for something at the back end. Well, you don't mm. actually need any. You don't actually need any payment for grand final because you get all the the, the, the sales, the extras, everything. Yeah. Else. Yeah. But yeah. To finish at the top and just to you know, it's sort of a gimmick. You know. Um, I agree, so and we, we've seen it before with. Um, when the nines competition was going on, the first the first year runs into it, then everyone drops off. The way the way to solve that, with sides as far as minor premierships concerned, and when you've got tournaments like the nines on to get people invested, is whatever money you win comes off the salary cap as well. Yep. So you get double the amount. So oh. it's a lot. And lean, like if you make it two hundred thousand dollars, the two hundred thousand dollars is one thing, but to have two hundred grand taken off your salary cap for the next year, love it. That for a coach, that's big. Yep. Massive. Uh, as is tonight's show on Fox, as is tomorrow's show on SEN. Matty, we appreciate your time once again on a Thursday. Hey, Giles Socky. No problem, boys. See you later. <laughs> there he is, uh, the great man. Like, what about knockabout? One minute's with Shaq and then he's mucking around with us. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.